you forget so quickly that money is the root of all evil. It really is. And the family side of things, uh, and again, I, I can speak it because I, I lived it, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't make the right decisions early on. And I thought, um, you know, more items under the Christmas tree and, you know, and that's what the kids are going to love me for. And, and no, they just literally wanted me to hold them. They wanted me to sit outside, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I remember after my accident, before we left, um, and once I had that, um, you know, aha moment in life, um, I remember, you know, setting up the tent in our living room, you know, and, and or just doing all these different things for the, for the kids um, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done before. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We've got a great one in store for you. In case you happen to miss the last episode, here's a quick snippet, and then we will get on to the show. Yeah, and I also think there's a democratization of um, skill sets that um, allow people to be dangerous even as novices, right? So, um, you know, I think one of the most important things in any business or product is really good design thinking. I think that's really important for people to think through how things are going to work, either for their user as an interface or how they feel about the logo or, or right down to, um, you know, how many steps in a process. I think that's really important. So I'd never say that, you know, anybody can design, but I would say that, um, you know, if you go to producthunt.com, you know, every day you can definitely find resources that are like free templates for PowerPoint made by real designers that are going to make you look better as a presenter than you've ever looked before, right? There's no code application development tools where I could go build a forum in a few days without having to do anything. I can buy a theme and, you know, watch a couple YouTube videos and launch an app and so once I, once I got sold those things, I was able to really expand uh, my business on the construction side. And then uh, from there, I got into doing a housing development and my kids got uh, streets named after them. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was pretty exciting. And, you know, from there, I just dabbled. I was able to financially just dabble in other, uh, other businesses really on what I wanted, you know, buying properties, uh, you know, things like that. Um, and then it was, I can't remember the year, um, like 2006, I had a really bad accident where I almost died. Uh, I fell 22 feet, broke myself in half on mm -hmm. a job site. And, uh, 
And that was an eye opener because what I was doing is I was making a lot of money for our family and we had the great big house and all the cars and, and, you know, and the nice clothes. But the problem was, is that I was kissing my kids, you know, on the head, leaving at 5 a.m. and kissing them on the head, getting home at 9 p.m. and still working when I got home and they were in bed. So there were, you know, days and days and days that I literally wouldn't even talk to them or see them or, you know, things like that, you know. Um, but, you know, I thought by building my net worth was, you know, more important at that time. And it, it allowed me when I fell and, and, you know, obviously I survived that, um, I was able to reevaluate things and, you know, kept some of my, my more important businesses and, uh, was able to take some time off and, and, uh, move down to Key West so we went from one drastic, you know, scenario to another. Um, and so that was, you know, something that I was lucky, you know, to be able to do something like that. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you, you work really hard to be able to, to manage, you know, that. So it sounds like that, that played a big part in it. Um, this is actually, it's really interesting. I, I would like to hear more about some of the reevaluation and then how you incorporate that and in what you do. Yeah. Uh, how you how you rebuilt but during that time so then you had a successful period really there from when you sold the excavation part of it focused on the construction <clears throat> what were some of the bigger challenges you had at that time or, or, or that you had to overcome uh, to be successful and what were some of the things that helped you be more successful during that period um, that you were focused uh, on the construction on the construction business that was growing um, I think one of the tough things again was um, I wasn't very good at um, organizing my time to fill in with my family. Um, and that's something that, you know, on other podcasts that I had talked about that, you know, later in life, you know, actually just last year, um, you know, I had to, you know, go to my kids and, and make a lot of apologies as a father, um, you know, for not being there for, or being the type of person I was, you know, when they were younger, um, because it was, I made the wrong mistakes of, you know, business, business, business. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, listen, if some people can mentally do that and, and now I've been, I'm old enough and, and with my health and stuff like that, I, it's easier for me to go back and, and evaluate, like I had said, you know, certain periods of my life, and the biggest thing that I've learned is, uh, you know, man up, um, you know, own your stuff and uh, apologize when you need to, you know, and, and, and that's what I've, you know, had to do. So from that standpoint, I went from uh, a mediocre size business to exploding. And um, my work ethic that I got from my mom and dad allowed me to, to get to where I was from a financial, you know, standpoint, um, because that's what I learned from them. You know, my dad was a welder and so he was a traveling welder. So he was gone a lot. Um, you know, he, there were times where he would work seven twelves, um, because that's what they had to do. You know, was, that was back when they were doing the nuke plants. Um, and that was big time. Uh, my mom uh, always cared for the family and, and worked in um, factories in Williamsport. And, you know, so our family, you know, we got a, a really hard work ethic, you know, from them. 
Um, and, you know, based off that, that allowed me to use that, you know, to build my success. But with that, you know, I, I grew up without having my dad there for the majority of my life. And I fell right into that same pit, you know, for my own kids for a few years. Um, it was, oh, it was like deja vu, you know? It's so interesting. It's so interesting that you say that I can relate so well to just the idea of, you know, getting an idea of working a certain way and you see that that's going to work and it produces results, but you may be blind a little bit to how it's impacting those around you, but you, you, you're modeling or you, you've seen this works and this is how things are going to work out. And if it produces results, it's good. Yeah. Uh, this is really, it's really interesting. And if you're being rewarded, obviously by, you know, a good amount of income and opportunity going forward, you can clearly point to and say, of course, this is good because of this. So th that that's super interesting. So uh, there's a lot of people that are in pursuit of success right now, or they'll be listening here that are really thinking about making money, obviously, having business, growing their business. And so I like that you've had this experience to where you have the time to reevaluate and reapproach things. So, you know, tell us more about what you would think about approaching, trying to move forward with business, trying to be successful, but keeping the right balance is there so that you're, you're maintaining the relationships around you. Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's what I, I teach young entrepreneurs now um, that I invest in their companies or, or whatever I'm, I'm, that I help. I get a lot of DMS, you know, with people asking me questions on, they've got this business, how to get started. And the one thing I tell them is that I still work 16, 18 hour days. You know, I get about four to five hours of sleep at night. Um, you know, and, and then, other than that, I mean, I'm working, you know, how I do it is that I literally will work, you know, set my entire schedule up. Now I, I have help. I have an amazing uh, right-hand person um, who you've talked to Amanda. I mean, she, you know, I would have to say, you know, I would, I wouldn't be as organized. I'd like to think I am because I'm a very strong type A personality, but sometimes I fall behind with stuff. So it's good to have two of us to, to remind each other. But, you know, so I have to throw a lot of uh, thank yous and, and kudos her way because she is amazing. But what I've done is I plan my entire day. So I might work seven hours and let's say, because because Katie was really good with field hockey, so that took up a lot of time, you know, traveling to different places and this and that. So I would block out that time, and I wouldn't miss that ever, you know. I, I missed one thing of hers and one thing of Sydney's uh, one time uh, growing up. And um, so I blocked that time out, and I, I – tell people that do not contact me through you know these one or two hours because this is this is my family time and that's what I commit to that that time just like I commit to the time to work then I commit time to the family so I put the phone down I boom I'm done you know it's just I focused on there and then when that's done like if the game's over or whatever then I commit to my next you know, maybe I, it's another meeting or another two hours of work or, you know, something like that. And then, you know, when we're home, I look at, you know, maybe we're going to sit down and read or we're going to sit down and watch a movie or something like that. You know, then I, you know, focus on that. So my time is split up, um, you know, in pockets, you know, um, so I don't miss anything. And that's probably one of the biggest thing I stress 
to these young entrepreneurs is you, you can't get back something that you miss. You know, um, you're never going to get that back, that time back. And let me tell you, your kids remember that stuff. <laughs> 100%. You know, they've got great memories. So you don't ever want to get called out um, for, you know, constantly purposely missing that stuff. And the problem is, you know, you know these things right here, you know, is the death of us. Um, you know, back when I was coming up, um, you know, bag phones were just starting to come out. So, you know, you didn't get bothered during the work day and you worked all, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. And then you came home and you answered phone calls and made a couple phone calls and scheduled, you know, your times, this and that. So you worked at home a little bit and, but it wasn't 24 seven. That that's interesting that you say that too. It, it seems like that relates to, to where almost with the, the focus that you had initially with the business mm -hmm. where right now, because you do have, you have this phone, which is an instant connection to other people. It's instant opportunity. Uh, if you don't manage, if you don't manage this, you don't manage your time. It's so easy to just get caught up in always thinking to produce and not manage the time for things like family. Exactly. The sad part is, um, you know, you forget so quickly that money is the root of all evil. It really is. And the family side of things, uh, and again, I, I can speak it because I, I lived it, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't make the right decisions early on. And I thought, um, you know, more items under the Christmas tree and, you know, and that's what the kids are going to love me for. And, and no, they just literally wanted me to hold them. They wanted me to sit outside, you know, and, and stuff like that. And I remember after my accident, before we left, um, and once I had that, um, you know, aha moment in life, um, I remember, you know, setting up the tent in our living room, you know, and, and just doing all these different things for the, for the kids um, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done before. Um, and so still I, I apologize to them for a lot of the, the mistakes I made as a father, because I, you know, looking back on it, you know, I still could have made a ton of money, but if I wouldn't, I, you know, if my older me now could have went back and said, you know, Hey, you know, you know, this day is generally your biggest day, your busiest. So focus on that, you know. Fridays are your deadest day. So why don't you make yourself a four day work week, shut down on Friday, have your weekends off, you know, like plant. Oh man, if I would have, if I would have had my older me and, and came back, you know, uh, like back in the future, Oh, I would have been, I'd have been a whole lot better. Sounds like uh, you're talking about mentorship and yeah. about getting the right people around you to help key you into these types of things. Yep. Yep. So and that's what I, you know, that's what I enjoy doing now. You know, I, um, you know, talking to young entrepreneurs and, and giving them insight, you know, uh, you know, seeing where they're at, if they have a young family and, you know, where they want to go financially. And, you know, cause listen, you know, that, that I look at it to be the next Starbucks or the next Amazon or, or the next Facebook or Microsoft or, you know, something like that to be that next thing it's almost like becoming a professional athlete at something 
the odds are so small. And you might have that idea. So work really hard to go after it. I mean, really put your heart and soul into it. And if it happens, it's going to happen, you know? But I think too many, too many mistakes are made that people forget things that are out here, like you said, and they just have this tunnel vision. And what ends up happening is, is things are, are falling apart over here that automatically hurt that, hurt your end goal usually, you know? Look, how many businesses do you know that, you know, uh, might have been successful starting out and then all of a sudden, you know, divorce or, you know, something happens and business, now the business gets divided and it was going pretty good. And, you know, it happens a lot, you know, and yeah, it's sad. But like I said, I'm 47, so I'm in a completely different, uh, you know, part of my life compared to, you know, so many people. You know, this would be super interesting, I think, because, Right now, entrepreneurship, it's such a, it's, 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 I don't know if the right word is, it's in vogue or it's just, it's such a thing to say right now that I'm an entrepreneur and there's oh, yeah. so many people when, if you look on Instagram, everybody's an entrepreneur. If you are just really or just- Or an influencer. <laughs> yes. Everybody's an influencer. Yes. And so the thing is, there's a lot of young people that, you know, just like I'm sure you remember when Facebook came out, you probably remember when we first started to have computers at home and then there was AOL and and all these things. And so essentially we were starting to see Facebook become something. We were like, how do people make money with this? And, and all of this coming out. And then there's this whole generation of people that just grew up like, my son is eight and you know, at three, he was having something like this in his hand. I mean, the, the, uh, there's so many people right now that are just seeing success happening at a short period of time. And they think that one, it can just, that it, it has to happen for them or that it can happen so quick. And they may just get so caught up in the idea of just sacrificing everything to accomplish that and seeing that it's, it maybe lose sight of some of these other, uh, not everybody's talking about, trying to approach success more steadied or keeping these other things. Oh my God. Right. Man, you so. just, you literally just hit the entire issue. And this is what I, I tell all the young entrepreneurs that I talk to, man, dude, give it time, give it time. Everybody. Oh my God. Thank you for saying this. Everybody wants to be the fake person on Instagram. And it's like, they don't realize that they don't own the roles. Some people do, but the majority don't. I mean, we've, I've got connections where they rent their planes out so people can take photos on them. They rent their high exotic cars so people can take photos with them. I mean, seriously, that's what we've come to as a society. You know, we everybody wants to run with the Joneses. And I've gotten to the point where I, I, I don't need to be the Joneses. I'm just Jason Jean. And I'm happy with, you know, where I'm at. And I will say, though, when I was their age, I made a goal. My my big goal was when I was, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And I made it, you know, halfway through my 30th birthday. Um, And I achieved that goal. Well, I also lost, you know, millions. And I've gained millions. And I've lost millions. And I've gained millions, you know. So it's, it's better the third time around um comparatively but what i tell these young entrepreneurs now is patience man like 
just patience. And because you, first of all, you know this being an entrepreneur, every business has a gray area. If you stay on the left side of the gray area and you stay small, you, the business owns you forever, right? Like take a restaurant, you know, if you, if that restaurant is, is just this big and you just stay there, you're going to work it till you die. You know, you're going to be in the kitchen, you're going to be, but that's what you want to do. So the new entrepreneurs are like, well, I don't want to own one restaurant. I want to own five. Well, five might be in that gray area where you're going to lose your ass. You're going to go bankrupt and you're done because five isn't big enough to whereas number restaurant two and three is losing their ass and one, four and five have to pay for two and three because they're not doing good enough. Well, now the profits from them, all of a sudden, two and three just sink the entire ship. And a lot of entrepreneurs aren't smart enough, so I'm just going to shut down two and three and keep, you know, one, four, and five open, right? So that's that gray area. So a lot of them don't understand their numbers good enough to say, I either got to stay over here and be happy with that life. I'm going to make 200 grand a year. I'm going to make 300, but I'm going to work that restaurant. I'm going to be there seven days a week or whatever. Too many entrepreneurs think they can just, oh, I want to own the restaurant, but I don't want to, I want to be the guy sitting at the bar with my elbow up there talking to everybody. So I'm going to hire someone else to do the job that I was supposed to do. And that's where they get into that. If I have five, I can do that. But they don't understand that's that gray area. So then they have to try to skip over that gray area and get to six to 10, where now you are in that, I can put my arm on the bar and I can be that absentee owner. So there's a number out there that too many small entrepreneurs never learn what it is. You know, they just think, well, I want to have two or three of these. Well, is, is that the magical number? Is that where you can be an absentee owner and everything can run good? And when, and when one is losing its butt is two and three going to be able to handle it? And so these, these young entrepreneurs, when they're getting into these type of businesses, they don't understand their numbers. And um, that's what I try to explain to them. And that's why now I say patience. Get number one built and get it, be it so successful and then grow from there. And then, you know, see, maybe it, maybe you can franchise it. Maybe it's so great, you know, but, or just be happy with just having the one. And then maybe diversify into something else. You know, there's so many different avenues you can go, but man, you get stuck in that gray area, you're done. I don't care what business you're in. Interesting. So this, I keep on thinking of scale here and trying to figure out how to scale, how to scale the activity. And that's interesting. How is it, would you say that uh, there's more of a specific way that you could recommend somebody if they're, they're thinking about starting, starting whatever the business is. And you mentioned being patient with what they're doing. Uh, but you also mentioned really kind of taking it so that somebody has a, a large scale of what they're doing and they need to think bigger almost. How, how, how might you recommend somebody think, okay, if I'm thinking I want to do this, how might you get to that number? How might you at least be able to conceptualize, okay, that's the number that I'm, that I would be able to put my, you know, my elbow up on the, on yeah. the bar stool. Bar, yeah. Well, I think the first thing is you don't use Facebook and Instagram and you don't use your friends and family. Too many businesses rely on friends and family um, to sell their product. 
you know, uh, market their product, um, buy their product, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So then you just get pissed off at your friends and family when they're not doing, you know, things that you know, like they're supposed to come in and eat or they come in or like, it's your brother or your sister or your cousin or like, you know, they want to eat for free. <laughs> you know, so like, what do you mean? We're family. You know, why are you charging me for this wine? You know, stuff like that. So, you know, and then, and then they have the think, well, he owns his own business. He's rich. Well, they don't, you know, they don't have the $5,000 rent. They don't have the employee costs. They don't have the, you know, anything else. So a lot of people just don't understand, you know, the business side of it. And what ends up happening is that, you be as the business owner, you get pissed off. You're like, wow, they're just, you know, they don't understand my bills and well, they shouldn't understand. They're not the business owner. You know, they're just, they're, they're your brother, you know, did you sit down and educate them with all that? So that's the first thing in advice is, is to scale is don't rely on, on those because I'm older. Um, and I see the changes because I've owned other businesses where we're before the inner, you know, Facebook and those guys have made the changes that, the, that they have been making um, where it was a free market. Like you could really truly utilize those platforms to really get your products out there. And it, 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 and, and it was free and you, you had a lot of interaction and this and that. And, and now, it, you know, unless you literally are the programmer that's doing that stuff, I don't care who they are. They don't know shit about what's going on. They don't have a clue. No one knows the algorithms on what's going on. But what I can tell you is that how they're making money is they're waiting for the person who wants to be the next entrepreneur and who's, you know, because they throttled back people and who can see their profiles and all that. Correct. So they're, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're feeding off of our, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say ego. Um, desire. Desire to be successful or known or whatever. So what are they doing? Oh, well, post this, post this photo for $35. So you're going to boost a photo for 35 bucks. Now you do that over how many people? So you got these young entrepreneurs that, you know, are is trying to sell a t-shirt and they're now they're boosting a profile or boosting a photo then they can say, well, 6,000 people will see your photo and for $35. Now you do that over the entire platform and 100,000 people, you know, do that. Quick math, 3.5 million. So, wow, that's a pretty good payday. And what happens? Now, one of those people sold one damn shirt. <laughs> not one. I'll guarantee you not one sold a shirt. Why? Because someone in Indiana doesn't give a shit about your shirt here in central Pennsylvania. They don't buy your product. Correct. I mean, I'm a little bit more forceful with, with things. I'm very passionate about it, but it's just like, you know, they feed, they're feeding on, on these young entrepreneurs. So I'm smart enough. And I'm like, no, we're going to go back. We're going to go grassroots. We're going to go back to regular media. We're going to go back to press releases you know, talking with young entrepreneurs like yourself, successful entrepreneurs like yourself. And I said, we're going to do this the old school way. Um, and that's it. And we're going to go out and we're going to shake hands and let people, you know, try the product in different regions, you know, and then we'll let it spider from there. Um, I said, but because there is absolute, I, you know, since we've done this, 
no one from California has bought our coffee yet. I don't, why? Because I don't have any vets in California yet. You know, it, it, we haven't, you know, spread that way yet. Um, so you think they're going to buy a rant, you know, even though we're helping veterans, you think they're going to buy a random, you know, bag of coffee? They don't know anybody yet. So, you know, what, what I think is interesting to share there. So somebody that is either hearing this or seeing this here. So as a real world example here is that, so we are collaborating here by doing and creating this content. Yes. This, this came from Connection. Uh, this was set up probably, I don't know, a couple weeks. Uh, and you just, you know, yesterday you put out a video for almost like an advertisement for Tattered Beans. And so in preparation for this, um, you know, this podcast that we're recording, one of the things that I did is I shared the, yep. I shared the, uh, I shared the advertisement, right? When I did that, right? I then tagged several people within my network that I know personally that would at least have an affiliation with an appreciation for veterans, or in this case, would just like to see this content. And so in terms of with the social networks, I definitely think that there, there is something to say about leveraging the relationships Absolutely. within groups and, but it's, it's real relationships. So in this case, yes. uh, that, that done at scale, within within networks where you have people that are doing and producing you're collaborating with them there are going to be other more significant ways to be able to to spread what you're doing absolutely you hit it out of the park with that you are so right and that's why i call it the grassroots you know uh maybe just being older um you know the the collaboration that we're doing now with people um is amazing um, I listen, I, I know that my mission is different. Um, you know, listen, I've, I've had many a business people, they're like, how much are you giving away? You know, um, that's their first question. Like, I'm like, listen, I, I have other businesses. Uh, maybe if this was the business that fed my family and, and this is what I relied on to pay my bills and, and everything like that, then maybe I would have a different approach, you know, like many other, you know, uh, business owners. But I'm fortunate enough that when I had made this uh, transition into Tattered Beans, I sat down with Amanda, we pitched her the idea, told my programmers, this is how I want the site built. This is what I want done. And this is how much I'm going to give them. I went to our, our roaster, said, this is what I need packaged. This is how I need it packaged. This is what we need to do. We've already been doing it from a previous business. Um, and we broke the numbers down and I said, okay, we were, we used to sell this, this product at this, this amount, the national average for this type of coffee is this amount, which means I can raise my coffee prices up and I'm going to give that profit to the veteran or active duty or, or first responders now. But I, I just took whatever price I raised my initial bag, to up to be more with the market and said, there you go. That's what I'm giving. That's what I'm giving back. Well, so let's, uh, let's do this. Let's talk a little more about tatter beans. I thought one thing that was interesting when we initially spoke to is that, you know, like you mentioned, you'd wanted to be a lifer in, in the, in the air force, correct? Initially. Yeah. Right. And so in this case ended up not being able to, to realize that because you got injured and yeah. at the same time still had the affinity you know, for the military. And that's really kind of where your heart was. 
uh, and this was one way that you were really kind of in terms of being passionate uh, about giving back to a community that you appreciate uh, to kind of do this business. So tell us a little more about that and then sort of how this started and, and what you're doing with Tattered Beans. So um, once I got out, like I said, I, I loved the military, man. I loved everything about it. It was if I, cause I would still be in today. It was just the structure I loved and, and I loved everything about it. So as I got older, when I was able to work with vets, um, you know, I'm a Mason. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of veterans that are, that are Masons. So I always had that connection still with vets in that my dad was a vet. But with that said, uh, my partner, how it got started was we had a, one of our cafes was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And that's where uh, Amanda and I met because we had brought her in and we gave her that cafe um, as hers. So she was a super successful baker and we were looking to do something different, you know, from a business standpoint. And that's how she came into my circle. And so my partner had uh, some properties in Harrisburg and I've been fortunate enough because of my wife's job that we've never needed to use the VA for any healthcare. Um, so I haven't had really other than my, uh, my schooling that, that, that I had, um, I didn't really have to work with them, you know, so I didn't really see the inner workings. So, uh, my partner had these, this one building and having the construction background, he said, listen, um, there's a lot of homeless vets. Uh, I want to turn this one property, these rooms into rooms that they can stay in. And we're going to work with the regional, uh, VA. And I said, okay, so we went in and we fixed, you know, we changed things around. So, cause you had to have a bed, a chair and a light and a nightstand, I think. And, and then it qualified for the VA. And let me tell you, nothing, nothing happened. Eight months, nothing happened. I don't know if it's red tape. I, you know, I, so I wasn't really, I was just getting the information third party but eight months and nothing happened. Heartbreaking. So I had said to Amanda, um, cause we would get homeless people that, you know, cause where we were located would be around the shop or whatever. I said, I want to do a pay it forward type program. So we, we, ours was, um, a it was called from me to you. So a patron could, uh, we had it split up into a half, a, a small smoothie and a half a sandwich. And so the patron would pay for whichever one they wanted. They could pay for the smoothie and we would provide half a sandwich. They could buy a half sandwich, we'd provide a smoothie. But that would, they would get a card and they could put their name on it and then a homeless person could come in, grab a card and get fed. And so what we, and we were right down from the Capitol. So what was really cool was when the homeless people would be in there, you know, cause they knew they could eat inside the restaurant. We didn't like, Oh, get your food, go out back in the alley or anything like that. Um, we would sit there and then talk to the patrons and they're like, God, we love this. And then, you know, they would buy a card. So it was huge success. Freaking loved it, man. It was awesome. So fast forward, we have another cafe open it up and down in outside Lancaster city in uh, in a strip mall. And, uh, I ended up getting cancer in uh, September. So uh, when I was diagnosed, um, we decided to um, shut the cafes down. Um, and we had had a very successful coffee company that was uh, tied to the cafes. It was called CC Beans. 
And um, so, and that took us, took my partner and I two years to find the right roaster, um, you know, that would package it, co-package with us. You know, if we wanted to come up with our own blend, you know, we could, you know, and, and these guys were great. So I had went to Amanda and said, listen, you know, I want to rebrand CC Beans. You know, we were a very successful central PA uh, fundraising coffee company. So like, you know, if you have kids, you know, instead of buying candy bars or popcorn, stuff like that for their soccer team, you know, people bought our coffee. So at that point, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I pictured the idea and said, you know, I want to get a hold of my computer programmers and I want to build the website to where the vets, um, and now, like I said, we've expanded, but the veterans are the product. And then the coffee is the sub products. So this way that allows the customer, you know, cause maybe they don't know any, maybe they don't know a vet online, so we made up the five branches as a generalization. And from there, the customer, maybe their dad was in the army and uncle was in the air force and, and uh, mom's dad was in the Marines. So they could buy coffee under the air force army Marines under the general setting. And then they could check out. And then we take that money from that particular, because it's in the general settings. And then each month, we take the money from all the general settings from each branch, and then we divide that money up to all the veterans that haven't had any coffee bought under them, and then we send them money. And that's Outer Beats. <laughs> how's it? Uh, how has how's it been going? What have you been learning so far, and what what are you thinking now? You need to focus on in the next six months to year. So the mission uh, we're having to adapt because that's what we do in the military, right? We adapt. Um, it's going great. Uh, sales are really good. Um, and you know, so the biggest problem that we're running into are as the military, we're taught, you know, to be tough. And when times are tough, we pull up our bootstraps and we keep going. And, you know, so we're sort of ingrained with this, you know, don't give up attitude and, and this and that. And, and so, I think a lot of people um, don't want to get signed up because they may not want to f people to look at them because it's a, we call it like a donation project that they're hurting and um, it may make them look bad. So we're having to really uh, reword things um, to educate people that, if you, during the sign up, we had a couple vets, you know, literally just said like, listen, we're doing very well in life. So we don't want the money like, but you don't give us an option to do anything else. So I quickly called the computer programmers and said, hey, listen, you know, we got to give them more options. So they can either keep the money, they can give the money to another veteran of their choice or to an organization that they choose or to one that we, we have uh, on our site. And from there, then we started seeing more, more people, you know, sign up. So a lot of it becomes out of sight, out of mind. And listen, I've got personal friends that are vets and active duty and first responders. And I mean, I've told them like 10 times, like, Hey, get signed up, <laughs> you know, get signed up, you know, stop having your wife sell the saran wrap to put around your belly. It's like, no one's buying it. Like, <laughs> you know, here you can literally just sell coffee and it's free. You know, you're getting free money. 
um, with, with no upfront cost. You don't have any investment. You don't have to have any stock. You don't, you know, anything. You just give someone your, your profile link. They buy coffee under there. We cut you checks. So, I mean, from a business standpoint, it, it doesn't get any easier. But I think getting over the ego of, you know, some very strong type A personalities, like, listen, you know, military and, and you know, your fire, police and, and uh, EMTs and active duty military. I mean, you know, they're not softies and they don't want to they don't want to look that way. And so we're taking more of an approach of saying, like, listen, this is an actual business opportunity for you. Look at it that way, you know, um, you know, so you can sell the coffee as, as a fundraiser. Like you can actually utilize this as your own little business. And uh, now we're starting to gain a little bit more traction with that where now people are like, oh, well, that's cool, you know? So that's been exciting. But from an, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, you, you have to, you know, you got to weave, you know, with your business and you got to be able to, you know, make changes quick. And, uh, you know, you got to be analyzing your business. You know, you got to be watching where things are coming from. You got to ask questions. I mean, people love to talk, ask questions, you know, um, and listen. Oh, man, I think that's the one thing I teach all the time. Like, man, I don't know everything. And, you know, so I love bouncing ideas off, you know, the people around me. And if I like their answers or if I don't, like we have conversations about it. Um, too many owners, you know, get the, I'm the owner attitude and they don't, they stop listening. Right. Yeah, I can see that. So, you know, I love to listen and, uh, and watch the numbers and, and see where the analytics are at and, you know, who's coming here or, or where and whatever. And, and then you take all that information in and, and you adjust, you know, and you, you adjust over here. And, and if it's not working over here, you, you go back over here and, you know, you just keep going until, you, like you said, you find that pattern that's working. Well, very good. Well, so from here, what, what would you see if you look, you know, out five years from now or 10 years from now, so what would be sort of the next steps that you're hoping to take? And what would you say that you're at that point, if, if these particular things are accomplished, that you'll be really excited about? You know, here's, here's, uh, so I, I, our overall goal yet still for 2019 is I want to sell 1 million bags of coffee. And that means I can give back 4 million to veterans or first responders or, and, and active duty. But you know what my ultimate goal is, is I would love for the world's largest coffee company who's worth billions. I won't mention their name but I'd love them to maybe put one bag of coffee, buy, buy, buy bags of coffee from us and put it in your store and give back to vets because you've got 30,000, you know, coffee places. So then basically what we need to do is we need to think about who you need to connect to yep. that you could present the right value proposition where it's mutually beneficial. So anybody yeah. that's, anybody that's listening, Anybody that sees us that may have a connection like that, that, that would be the, the ideal outcome is to get one step closer to that. Yeah, because you can always reach for the star to make big bucks. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, you know, the other, thi the other thing I like about that is that, you know, and I think that a lot of people restrict their, 
they really think about their ah, uh, that is, I got it. You got it. It went, yeah, it went over for a minute. Yes. <laughs> Reach for the stars to make the big bucks. Yes. Very good. I like that. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll actually, you know what, that, that is a good way to, 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 to go out. I think that is the, that is a good, uh, a good exit there. <laughs> I loved it, man. You, you are awesome. Thanks for having me on. That was, that's great. But all seriousness, I think it's just, you know, I want to, you know, I've got cancer. So, you know, it, it, where I'm at in my life, you know, I want to be able to leave something that's really cool. And tatter beans is that, is that one thing. Um, again, I have other businesses and you know, that whether it's my tattoo shops and, and I love helping out, you know, I love seeing, you know, giving young people the opportunity to just smash it out of the park. Um, and like, even with my tattoo shop and that whole story, I mean, that young artist that I, that I opened the shop for, she's freaking just killing it. And she was never given an opportunity nowhere else. And uh, I believed in her hard work ethic. I believed in her passion to be, you know, to be awesome. And Ashley is just killing it. And she will be the next Cat Bondi. I'm telling you right now, because she has the heart and she has the passion. And that's, but she never had anyone believe in her. And so I believe in Tatter Beans and I believe in the mission. And the, and the good thing is that I'm in, I'm not in competition with anybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'm just selling coffee and I'm giving back to veterans, you know, so I'm not out trying to, you know, say I'm the world's best coffee, even though we are, I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, we're cheaper than this to break anyone's legs, you know, from a competition standpoint, it's like my mission it's just completely different than somebody else's. But I love every single one of those entrepreneurs that have their coffee companies that are feeding their families off of it, putting their kids through college, giving back the way that they can give back. You know, maybe they're not giving cash, but, you know, maybe they're bringing vets out to, you know, something to do something special. That's the way they give back. I just happen to, for my company, I just think, cash is king you know so i prefer to give the vets cash so that they can do with the, whatever they want you know all right i've got a question for you this would be really instructive i think for all entrepreneurs so if you were if we were to meet at a networking function or we were to meet out at an event or something like that and we struck up a conversation and i said hey so jason what is it that you do how would you answer that? Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've been, I love to invest in people um, because I want to give the underdog the option to be the next big thing. And listen, don't get me wrong. I've lost my ass on people, uh, but I, I believed in them. You know, our initial, whatever they did, then I know people whatever they did to get me to invest in their idea um, at that given time, they, they were gung ho and they, they got my money. Um, the majority of the, the time that, that I lost my investment was because they didn't understand the entrepreneur and how it worked. So 
the biggest failure. And, and I, so I was more, it was more early on in my career when I was still learning too, you know? So, you know, again, my, my 47 year old person, you know, if I could have went back 18 years, you know, I could have given a little bit different advice. And so the biggest problem that any new entrepreneur has is that let's say they're used to making 200 bucks, right? And now all of a sudden they open their own business and all of a sudden, you know, 20 people come in and they make $500. What's the first thing they do? They think they made 500 bucks, right? And then they go blow 500 bucks. <laughs> and then what happens? Rents due, payrolls due, you know, they had the, the supplies that were on a 30 day, you know, pay. Well, that's now due and you spent all your money that came in because you went from making $200 at Joe Schmo's, you know, rocket making place to your own business. And you think, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm awesome. I, I made $500 and, and you don't look at all your cost and actually you made like 50 bucks. So because you didn't pay all your bills, now you're, you know, you're that much further in debt and now you got to catch up. And, you know, so I think that's, that's probably the, the one thing that I explain to people now is that you have to realize that, you know, take 10% or 20%, figure out what you can live on um, and things like that. And, and because if you get a thousand bucks in that thousand bucks is not all yours. Like you gotta, you know, it's getting, <laughs> trust me, it's, it's gotta get portioned out. It's gotta go other places, you know? Very good. All right, Jason, thank you so much uh, for your time and your story and for, for sharing everything today. We definitely thank appreciate you. it. You fantastic. I had a blast. Absolutely. Thank you. Alrighty. Enjoy this sneak peek of the upcoming episode. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe so you get first notification of all upcoming episodes. And if you really like us and you want to help more people hear us, be sure to write a review, a five-star review, and let everybody know how Errol helps entrepreneurs. If I create something without knowing if the audience actually needs it, which I have done many times, it's, it's like, okay, I got this really cool thing. I really think everybody will love it. And you put it out in the world and it's like, yeah, that's great, but I'm not going to pay anything for it. It's, it's kind of it's discouraging. <laughs> it's like, okay, well maybe let's, let's have a conversation with enough people and say, what are you struggling with? What's your biggest challenge? And how can I help fill some of that need if I can, or alternatively, can I introduce you to somebody that can help you? And then you become a resource. And it's, it's like, okay, if I can be a resource or I can help somebody out or I can offer them a suggestion, it's a great, it's a great way to build up a lot of, uh, uh, authority in the market. And, and when you continue to publish on, on social media, if you've brought somebody value and they're seeing you on a regular basis, they will, they will remember you. It's like. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn mastery, where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. 
be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery.